Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Hello friends, and welcome to this, A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. Welcome. This is it. This is the season finale of A Million Little TV Show Season 1. I genuinely can't believe that I've done 13 episodes of this. And I still feel like I'm just talking to myself. But I'm getting through it alright. I'm enjoying myself. I'm loving watching all these TV shows again. Some of my favourites. It's fucking great. But today we're going to conclude The Newsroom Season 1. Episodes 8 to 10. Episode 8, The Blackout, Part 1, Tragedy Porn. Will is having a meeting with Brian Brenner, played by Paul Schneider, about doing an article on what they've been doing at ACN with the whole Newsnight 2.0. Brian seems to have a history with Mac and Will, but it's unsure of what it is just yet. Reese is talking with Charlie, and he's pissed off because... Will isn't covering a story about Casey Anthony because they believe that it's just bear baiting, that it's below what they are trying to do and they're just sensationalising this poor girl and this poor child that's died. But Charlie tells them that they need to start covering it because they've lost numbers and even as Mac tries to fight it, she gets beaten down. Will has a new format for vetting presidential candidates and they need the ratings so that they are in the running to do a presidential candidate debate with the members of the RNC, so the Republican side of American politics. But Charlie also knows that if the numbers stay as they are, Leona would have every right to fire Will. She wouldn't need a context. She wouldn't need to have these stories made up in TMI. It would just be a case of, you've dropped X amount of viewers, you're gone. While at a bar drowning her sorrows because of the whole situation with 2.0, Mac tells Sloane that her and Brian used to date and that Brian is the ex that she cheated on Will with and that she doesn't understand why Will is basically parading him in her face. But it's difficult. I used to work in a betting shop and um, I was seeing someone there for a while and she decided that she wanted to go back to her husband. She was my manager, and I had to see her every day. Um, wasn't fun. It can't have been fun for Mac, seeing this day in, day out, seeing the man that she wants to be with, and the man that she threw everything away for. I had very similar opportunities in our betting shop. I wanted to be with the married woman, but other opportunities were there, and I should have took them. Should have been with the person that wasn't married and I didn't. I fucked everything. So Sloane is trying to pitch a story to Mac about the debt ceiling, but Mac tells her to hope that nothing comes up in the next few hours and days that trumps that story because they'll have to do it because they are now sensationalising the news. And it's at this point that Jim comes over and tells Sloane and Mac that Anthony Weiner has tweeted an inappropriate picture of himself and... Both Sloane and Mac know that, that Sloane's story isn't getting done. 
anytime soon. So they're in a pitch meeting and Mac is making a big show of it, saying that they can't do this story and they can't do this story. And she's marking them off a board. And her and Will get into it because Will wants to do the story so that they can have the debate. But she sees it as, we're doing this without facts, we're doing it as sensationalism. And she believes that they're just as bad as every other station that's running this story right now. But due to the fact that they have to do it, they bring in Don, who they call the Master of the Dark Arts. And he begins to tell them how to do this story. Charlie meets up with Solomon Hancock, who was late for dinner, the NSA agent. And he wants a story being put on the air about hacking and how the NSA is going way too far with everything that they're doing currently and how they're listening to pretty much everyone and that everyone's security is at risk. And he tells Charlie that if he manages to get this story on the air, he will give Charlie the evidence about ACN hacking phones and just being as bad as the news of the world. When Charlie asks, does it go as far as Leona? Solomon says, no, it doesn't go that far. I'm not sure how far it goes. But when Charlie asks if Reese is involved, he says, yeah, Reese Lansing knows. So it doesn't go as far as the top dog in the company, but it goes as far as the second. Like, fucking insane. Genuinely, I can't believe that people did that. It's so wrong. I was disgusted when the News of the World did it. I was ashamed to be British when the News of the World did it. It's unbelievable. I'm not going to start, because if I start, I'll just go. So, let's continue. Don shows the team how another channel puts their show together, and it plays on sympathy and not really giving the information. For instance, it shows five screens, one with the main presenter in the middle, and then two with just video clips on, one of the poor child and one of bits of the trial that's going on. And they just keep focusing on this poor child in a high chair or just being a cute little girl and they manipulate and they basically make the mother out to be a bad person. I don't know if she was. I'm not the person to judge on that. But to play it out as they did was manipulative and not good journalism. It was entertainment. I do agree with Mac that the way that they were doing it was horrible. And the way that... But Mac is still trying to fight for her own cause. She wants to properly give facts. She wants to use the studio, as they have been doing, as a courtroom. And they can make arguments for both sides. And Don tells her, no, the American people don't want to be thought of as stupid. They don't want to think that you know something that they don't. You have to do it this way and Mac's just pissed off with the whole affair. Charlie tells Mac and Will about the NSA and Mac decides that she needs to put Jim on it because he is a most trusted guy and he'll do the job well because he has to investigate Solomon Hancock to find out if he is a credible source. Through all this Neil is pitching a story about internet trolls to Mac which at first (laughs) he asks her What do you know about trolls? And she says, look, we said this about Bigfoot. You are not pitching trolls on our air. And he says, no, 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 internet trolls. But you can see how she got there. It's not like he doesn't have history. Fucking love Neil. He wants to do like a deep dive on internet culture and internet trolls in particular. And she says, yeah, okay, do it. But you need to come to me with something better later on. 
but you've got to pass the first post. Goes away, and as soon as he walks out, he asks Sloane whether he can do the story on her. So Will goes over to see Jacob Habib again and tells him that he hired Brian, and he's not sure why. Jacob knows about their history, and he says, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you need to forgive Mac. Essentially, this isn't fair on her, and hopefully it'll mean that you start to fix yourself a little bit. Charlie goes to see Leona to try and get her to stop this whole coming after Will thing, but it falls on deaf ears. She's not happy with the amount of business that she's losing due to the fact that Will keeps going after the tea party and especially the Cokes. And now that the ratings have dropped, she's got a perfect excuse to get rid of him. Mac has to talk down Sloane again because of the whole Sloane wanting to talk about the debt ceiling. And she says that it's the biggest story in the US right now. Or at least it should be, but nobody's talking about it. You need to get on the air and you need to tell people that they need to speak to their congressman and they need to get this done. Because if they don't, the country's going to be in dire straits. But Max says, I know, but I can't do anything. My hands are tied. And yeah, I wanted to make a money for nothing joke there as well. A woman has called the studio to speak to any of the producers that work on Newsnight. And she tells everyone that she has a story about Anthony Weiner and that she wants to come in and tell how she was one of his former lovers. She's come in and she's been told that she's going to have to do a pre-taped interview because at the time the show airs, she's going to be on another network. So just as they're setting up to do this pre-interview, Mac is just asking for a miracle. And then the power goes out in the whole building. Episode 9, The Blackout, Part 2, Mock Debate. So because of the blackout, Mac is giving this impassioned speech about how they need to do the news properly again. They can go back to what they were doing before. And if needs be, they can team together and do this in the plaza instead of doing it in the studio, but they need to do it live. And that if the guest who is in to talk about Anthony Weiner wants to be on the show tonight, she's going to have to stay and be live. And she says, oh, I can't do that. I've got other commitments. So Max absolutely elated at this whole thing and she's basically saying we've been divided for so long now for the last couple of weeks with this whole Anthony Weiner and Casey Anthony thing let's get back to doing what we do and everyone's happy and everyone's impassioned about it as well and then the power comes back on which means that they have to do the interview that Mac has been trying to avoid so Neil goes and gives Sloan more details on this story that he's got planned and what he's planning to do is on an economist forum, he wants to basically run down Sloan and tell them that she doesn't really have any brains and that she is only there for her looks and her body got her where she was and that she slept away to the top, knowing that they all respect her and will run to her defence. So essentially, he's taking it away from the economy and driving it into a riot among these people to try and troll them essentially and then that way he can actually get onto a troll forum and tell them what he's done and brag about everything that he accomplished the team are looking for someone to come on and be a guest who knows casey anthony and they have to be someone different to everyone else who's been on every other show they need to have an angle they need to have a hook it's then that maggie reveals that lisa her roommate and jim's girlfriend knows Casey Anthony from school. So now Maggie and Jim have to try and go and convince Lisa 
to do the segment. And eventually, after really interrupting her work day, they managed to convince her. At this point, it seems that Don and Maggie have broke up. He's been going out on dates and has received some flowers and has received flowers from someone, which are in Will's office. And Jim has signed for the flowers. Neil's plan starts to go well and he manages to do part one of his plan. He tells Sloane that what he did was he tried to make an analogy of if I can balance my checkbook, why can't the country balance their accounts? Sloane starts going off at him straight away and he goes, see, that's why I did it, because I knew you'd bite and I knew that they'd bite too. So from that, I then went on to talk about how AWM are shoving your breasts in our faces to try and get the economy over. And after a while of debate, the moderator shut the site down. Jim has reported back to Mac on Solomon's credibility, and it can't be verified. They found out some information about him. For instance, his security clearance was lowered, and his wife has took out an injunction against him because he's been stalking her. During Lisa's interview, things go badly. Because Lisa didn't want to do the interview, Maggie spoke to Mac and said, you don't actually care what she says on the broadcast. You just want a guest to be there. And she says, no, you're right. Get me as many stats about missing children as possible. And that is what Lisa is there to talk about. She goes on air and she starts listing off facts straight away before even Will can get a proper question in and begins talking about all these missing children in the United States and the reason why they aren't being reported, whereas this one little girl is because it can be sensationalised. But then she makes an argument about abortion and it's way off base of anything that they were going to discuss and no one was prepared for it. And it's here that Will has to try and steer the conversation to try and get things back on track. But by this point, the damage is done and that very night Lisa's work is vandalised and Will personally has to come down and talk to her boss just so she doesn't get fired. So Will's former colleague from the White House turns up Adam and his partner Tate, they're coming in to talk about the new format for Will and the team getting the debates. They put on a demonstration where the team are essentially put on a witness stand as members of the RNC and they have to give answers they think that person would give. So they're essentially playing the role of one of the RNC members and they get grilled as if they're in a courtroom. So if they aren't answering the question properly, they get drilled until they answer the question. If they can't answer a question, it'll make their campaign weaker, and that's how it should be. These people should be able to stand up under scrutiny. They're about to become the president, or potentially the president of the United States. And the person that came out of that debate the best, or the two people that came out of that debate the best, would have won the whole goddamn thing, probably. But the debate format doesn't go down well with Tate. He thinks it's too harsh, and he tells Will, he wants the old Will back, the one that's not anything to do with Mackenzie, and he wants her to have no hands on it. But Will tells him just to get out. He offers the segment to Don and Elliot, who tell him to eat me, to which he turns around to Charlie and says, I'm trying to be reasonable here. And Charlie just says, when Don says eat me, that's generally the end of the conversation, which I fucking love. And then he asks Sloane, he says, Sloane, do you want to be a star? And she tells him to fuck off. <laughs> Ah oh dear, Sloan. So they lose the debate. After everything that they've been through, the Casey Anthony stuff, the Anthony Weiner stuff, everything, and they're sick of it. Brian starts goading Mac and saying that I wouldn't have put me here if I was in his shoes. So I don't know why you're putting up with this shit. 
and she goes over, she speaks to Will and says, does he really have to be here? And he tells her, yeah, tonight we are redoing Newsnight, our way, fuck everything else, we're throwing out the rundown. While they're prepping, Max speaks to Jim about Lisa, but it's secretly about Maggie, and she tells him to go get her. And later that night, he goes to Maggie's, but Don is there, and Lisa. And before Jim can say anything, he's cut off by Don, and then goes out with Lisa. And it's here that Don realises that Lisa wasn't the one he was there to see. It shows Adam and Tate sat in a bar later on, and they're seeing footage of the actual debate that happened. And it's so sad to watch. Like, get it together. Ask these people fucking questions about everything that needs to be talked about when you are running for government. The question that they came up with on the TV at that point was, who's better, Elvis or Johnny Cash? Like, fuck off. I'd have rather had Will's debate and picked a leader than have whoever else's debate that was and pick a fucking jackass. Anyway, back to Neil. So Neil is rejected as a small-time troll, and Sloane inadvertently puts the idea in his head that what if he was Will's threat? What if he tells people that he was the threat? But later on, he gets called out because... This guy says to him, you're not the troll. You're not the one who did that. You're not the one who left the death threat. And Neil asks how he knows that. And he says, because I hacked the website. I did this. It was me. And it's then that Neil has to ring Lonnie and tell him what he's discovered. And here we are. Final episode of series one of the newsroom. And we're going into episode 10, The Greater Fool. It's the 8th of August, 2011. And Will is on Newsnight talking about Dorothy Cooper. Eight days earlier, we see that Will has gone off radar. Lonnie doesn't know where he is. The building manager of his apartment doesn't know where he is. And Mac doesn't know where he is either. They've got into his apartment and they're looking around and they can't find him. Lonnie spies a drop of blood on a magazine. And then they find him in the bathroom, covered in blood. And he's been bleeding from the mouth. They get him to the hospital and they find out that he's over-medicated himself. He's been drinking and he's been doing his antidepressants as well as, as well as a few other things for pain. But he has essentially overdosed. He's got a... and he's had a stomach ulcer as well, which has started to bleed and therefore explains the blood around his mouth. The article that Brian did is an absolute hatchet job and it's been affecting Will to the point that he thinks he might not come back. Throughout, we keep going back to the story about Dorothy Cooper, and the story is about voter fraud, and the fact that now people have to bring IDs to make sure that they can vote. The issue being that if you don't have a valid driving license, or you don't have a passport, you aren't allowed. And Dorothy Cooper never felt the need to have a passport. She never felt the need to drive and therefore she had her rights stripped away from her to vote. Which is a horrible way to have your rights taken away from you, because you don't have an ID. Like, if that if that was the problem, they need to sort that out fucking quicker than they have been doing. I know that it has been an issue elsewhere, and I think it sucks that people are being ostracised because they don't have the correct paperwork, even though that they've been voting for... I mean, in this Dorothy Cooper's case, she's been voting for 60, 70 years or something. It's stupid. She's 
She deserves to vote. And if you are denying people that, then you aren't the right party in power. Back before all this kicked off with Dorothy Cooper, Jim tells everyone that he needs to learn about Sex and the City as soon as possible to impress Lisa. And they tell him, and the team tells him that there is a Sex and the City bus tour that goes through the city, goes through the landmarks that are in the show. And where better to find out about Sex and the City than doing that? Because there'll be plenty of women who watch that show on that tour and they'll educate him. So he decides to go. Nina Howard has called Mac and has arranged to meet her. She has a story that Will was high on the night of Bin Laden, but she only has one source. And if she gets another, she'll go to press with it. When Max speaks to Charlie, he can't understand why they're waiting. It's a gossip column. Why aren't they just going with it? If they know, they know. So they should just go with it. They generally just make shit up anyway, according to them. And let's face it, if anyone's seen what's going on with the BBC at the minute and the sun. Yep. Charlie tells Solomon that he can't use him as a source. Solomon is obviously pissed off by this because he's basically saying what you found is someone who's lonely, who's paid for prostitutes to sleep with him and has had an injunction against him years ago because he stalked his wife. And because Charlie didn't hold up his end of the bargain, when he asks Solomon for the proof of TMI and the hacking, Solomon tells him no. Sloane is in Don's office and she tells Don that she wants to leave ACN. She knows that she can get better money just down the road in the finance district and she doesn't feel like she is doing enough after the whole story with the debt ceiling and Don tells Sloane that he's going to ask Maggie to move in with him. And when Sloane goes off at Don and tells him that she doesn't understand why he thinks he's always the bad guy, but for some reason he always thinks he is the bad guy and he needs to stop because he's not. He's not a bad guy at all. And then he asks, and then he asks, why did we never get together? And she says, because you never asked. Jim gets told by Sloane about Maggie and Don and he congratulates Don but doesn't say anything to Maggie. Then when he speaks to Mac later on, he tells her as well, and Mac scolds him and tells him, I told you to go after her, and he said, I did, but I went for the wrong one. Me and Lisa have been dating for the past couple of weeks, and Mac goes off at him and tells him, do you really want to end up like me and him, and points to Will, who is in his hospital bed at this time. During this time, Jim also finds out that Solomon Hancock has killed himself and he has to go and speak to Charlie and tell him what he knows. So Neil goes to Charlie with Lonnie in tow and asks him if he can continue poking around and try and get this troll to smoke himself out and so that they can catch him. But Lonnie thinks it's a really bad idea. But Charlie just says, be careful. He's happy for him to do it, but he needs to be careful with it. And it's then that Charlie receives a package from Solomon. Will's nurse is really annoyed with the fact that, that the whole voter ID issue hasn't been on TV at all. And how it's not the first story of every broadcast every night is beyond her. Because her Aunt Dorothy, i.e. Dorothy Cooper, can't vote anymore. 
Will gets an epiphany while he's waiting in hospital, and he's mulling over the Dorothy Cooper story. And he asks Mac if she got his voice message that he left when he was high. And Mac says that she didn't. And the reason for that was because TMI hacked Mac's phone and deleted it. And that's why they need a second source. Because if they give the first source as Will himself, they'd have to play the tape. Which means that people would know that he was hacked. That Mac was hacked. Maggie goes to dinner with Lisa. And they end up falling out. And they end up falling out over Don and Jim. And after Lisa storms out, Maggie goes after her, but loses it when she's splashed by the Sex and the City tour bus. I think you can see what's coming. And of course, she tirades at this bus about how New York women aren't actually like that at all. And when she does, Jim stands up. And she's just basically declared her love for Jim in front of these people, and he's heard it. She runs off, and he goes after her. And when he finds her, he kisses her. But then they realise that they both are partners, and they can't do this. Jim asks Maggie, if Don was willing to commit to you, would any of this have happened? And she tells him no. Jim, knowing full well, Don is ready to ask Maggie to move in with him. So they back away from it. Leona, Will, Mac, Charlie and Reese have a meeting about Will being high for Bin Laden and he admits it and it's at this point she's gleeful because she knows that she can get rid of him and she knows that she can get back to what they had before and he tells her yeah but we know how you knew about it because Reese has been hacking phones and Reese admits to that and it's at this point that Charlie pulls a tape out of his pocket and he'd been recording the whole time. So now they have the evidence against Reese to essentially blackmail him into laying off the whole Newsnight 2.0 thing. So Charlie appeals to Leona that they can still go after the tea party and Leona tells them not to miss. And so Will goes on to tirade the tea party live on air and calls them the American Taliban. Sloane decides to stay because she knows that she can properly educate the country and knows that Newsnight is the perfect place to do that. She can help people understand what the economy means and how to make it better. But while in the newsroom, Will keeps getting distracted by a girl he keeps seeing in the corner. He recognises her, but he can't place her. Jim speaks to Lisa, and he confirms that he was there to see her that night. Not Maggie, and certainly not Don. And we also see that Maggie accepts Don's proposal to move in. Will finds out that the night that he had his breakdown at Northwestern, in front of all those students, Mac was there. It was her he saw in the crowd. And essentially she was the start of all this. And then he realises where he actually knows the girl from. It was Jenny from Northwestern University, the girl who asked the question. And he storms into her interview and she tells him that she knows what a greater fool is, which is something that Will was described as in an article. And she wants to be one. And then Will asks her to ask the question again. And she says, what makes America great? And he says, you do. And that's the thing. America was built on these people. These inspirational, go-getting people. And it's what the country stood for for so long. It was the American dream. And now I don't know what it is. Due to Neil's involvement with the whole troll thing, Will has ended up with a hundred more death threats. But he says he's not bothered about it. 
they can come for him. He doesn't care. And right at the end of the episode, we see that Nina Howard has the message from Will that was to Mac, and she's listened to it several times. And then she deletes it. And that's it. End of season one. End of the newsroom season one. We've gone through a million little things. Inside number nine. Dead pixels. Modern love. And the newsroom. Not bad for a 13 episode run. And I've enjoyed it. I really have. It's been so much fun doing this. I've really enjoyed watching some of my favourite shows again. And just reliving bits from it. So I want to thank anyone that's listened to season one. And hope you come back for season two. Um, There's going to be no break. I'm going straight into it. But as you may know from the last episode. I'll be covering A Million Little Things season two. The Newsroom season two. Inside number nine season two. Miracle Workers season one. Cabinets of Curiosity season one. So I hope you will come and join me for that because there's a lot of different things in there. You've got drama, you've got comedy, you've got dark comedy and you've got Guillermo del Toro. So what more do you fucking want? Come back. It's going to be good. I know it is because I've watched all these series, so it's going to be good. Enjoy. Speak soon. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.